Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast about television. I am David Chen here with Patrick Klepek, and this is the first of, I'm guessing, Maybe two, maybe three, <laughs> maybe a thousand uh, mini episodes about Ahsoka, uh, the Disney Plus original series that's about that takes place in the Star Wars universe. Uh, so here's what we're doing here today. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback about our conversation about Ahsoka. And at the same time, we also have a bunch of other stuff we're trying to cover. Uh, and that stuff takes time. But Patrick's going to be watching Ahsoka anyway. So we're like, hey, we got to figure, can we figure out a way to like check in on Ahsoka as the season goes on without doing a full blown episode? Because let me tell you, folks, I know it may not seem it, but ep- the episodes, we put a lot of work and time into these episodes. We, we write a, uh, a lot of uh, recap stuff. We, you know, we write out the recaps, we write out topics that we want to discuss. We, we try to plan these episodes out so they have a lot of work into them, uh, a lot of work put into them. But we're, we're trying to do a thing where, hey, what if we put a little bit less work, the episode's a little bit shorter, but people can still know what we feel and we can still react to some of the bigger moments. Um, so we'll see if we are successful in accomplishing any of that. Maybe this episode will take like three hours and, um, and <laughs> we'll help utterly fail. Brevity, not necessarily my strong suit, but we're going to, I believe in us, David, I believe in us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about Ahsoka episodes three and four today. Uh, I mean, let's just start by talking about, so part three, time to fly part four, fallen Jedi just aired. Uh, let's do the normal format, but a little bit quicker this time. You know, what did you think over? What are you thinking overall of the show? And uh, and then we can talk about anything specific we think about uh, how it's going so far. So, how uh, are you still enjoying Ahsoka? Uh, I'm I'm liking it uh, much more than the first two episodes, which I was I think more positive on than you were. Um, I am a strong believer in the weekly episodic drop of a show because I like talking about shows in chunks and like dissecting them with them, sitting with them, anticipating what's next. And yet I do think there probably would have been some great benefit in the first four episodes of this show kind of dropping all at once, because I think it gets over some of the initial humps of like, who are these characters? What are their motivations? Where is this going? Um, really establishes, I think, some stakes and some like important character motivations for all of them that, especially if you don't have the previous investment from Rebels, Clone Wars, you know, the hundreds of episodes of animated television shows, by the fourth episode, I think, I, I think there's still some work that could be done with Ahsoka personally. I think there, I have some issues with uh, the, the the acting of, of that character that I is clearly deliberate. But I think by episode four, like, there's a clear marker in the show of like, here's what it is. 
warts and all. And I like a lot of what it's offering. I've found the fight choreography to be excellent. I found the ship choreography, like the like the, the ship battles to be excellent. Um, like Ray Stevenson is doing incredible work. Like it makes his passing like it was already a tragic event, but just like the amount of weight he is bringing to, to the role in this is just astounding. Um, does so much by doing so little. Um, and so I, I find myself, um, in some ways where, where I, where I end is I'm really trying to hold strong in not looking up a bunch of backstory on this show. Cause it seems like the show is going to try and do that in the show itself. And I want to try and remain committed to seeing how the show communicates that to me, the largely ignorant viewer, because um, are we in full spoilers at this moment? Like, I don't, which, am yeah, I... sure. Uh, we can, we can get into it. Yeah. So I, 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 I'd be shocked I... if, I'd be shocked if someone was listening to this who hadn't seen the show. Yeah. So but, but, yeah, like, but, you know, the, the reveal yeah. of, you know, Anakin yes. Skywalker, the, the world between worlds, uh, like at the end of uh, episode, like there are like, Hey, there are concepts I have heard about that. I know that are important in, in this world with these characters they're going to be important here. And I'm trying to remain firm in experiencing it as like a layman as opposed to treating it like homework. And because I want I want to have it land the way it's going to land for most people, um, which is here's the show. Care about these characters based on what we're showing you here. Um, and so far, I'm getting there. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll share a couple of thoughts and then we can talk about specific details. Uh, here's what I'm going to say positive about the show patrick lepic mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think the show uh, we talked about what things feel like star wars uh in in the first episode and this this topic came up a lot when andor was airing does andor is a great show but it doesn't feel like star wars there's no lightsabers in andors there's no force in andor and so on right whatever you can say about ahsoka's issues it feels like Star Wars. And what is great about Ahsoka is that there is at least one, sometimes two, three, four action scenes in a given episode, which is awesome. Like it's it's been consistently delivering at least one, you know, uh lightsaber fight, it's one hand-to-hand combat fight, uh starship battle, you know, like during every single uh episode. So as a Star Wars set piece delivery mechanism, I think Ahsoka is really strong. In virtually every other respect, <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I'm not. A All big right. Fan. So we could talk about that momentarily. Um, but uh, I do want to remind people that there are many, many podcasts out there. <laughs> Uh, that do have hardcore Star Wars fans that will tell you all the, that will love this show unequivocally, um, that will not nitpick the show. And if you want to listen to them, I support that human impulse. Uh, That's a very understandable thing to want, to see that fandom reflected back at you. This is not that podcast. Uh, We're not going to, like, as we discussed, Patrick Klepek's a casual fan. I'm an even casualer fan. And I will just be talking about it from the perspective of somebody who, uh, is wants to see good television and doesn't necessarily have any attachment to uh, to Star Wars in this universe. I wanted to read actually a, a piece of feedback we got at D- DecodingTV.com. Um, Pernicious Ducks wrote into Decoding TV talking about, uh, in, in reaction to our first conversation about Ahsoka, 
Uh, he says, I want to talk about Ahsoka's character. She's far more stoic in this series than in any of her other animated entries. I don't know if that's a choice by Rosario Dawson or if Dave Filoni has decided to push his character this way or what, but I often commented I miss the brash Ahsoka during my watch of these episodes. She was created as a character originally more impulsive than Anakin. She was roundly hated at her introduction, but over the course of 100-plus episodes, developed into a nearly universally beloved character. But that was a character that, even in later episodes of Rebels, was still a very emotional character. She's not a Jedi, and they've made her into a Clone Wars-era Jedi Master in personality for whatever reason. Strong Mace Windu vibes, end quote. Uh, that is notable to me that apparently she's had a personality transplant from the, the animated series because she is not brash and impulsive in this show. <laughs> she is the opposite of that. Uh, so it's just a really kind of interesting choice. Uh, Pernicious Ducks also says a few other things uh, about our first episode. She says Sabine was never a force user in the show. She's a Mandalorian. She even had the Darksaber at one point and could barely use it. And when a Jedi tried to train her, her lack of any force sensitivity was an issue. So her suddenly being a failed Padawan is a weird bit to throw in at the start of the show. Also, based on the first two episodes, this series should be titled Sabine, as I think it's using her as the main character. And then finally, um, The Road to Nowhere. This is straight out of the Rebel series, but has kind of been a joke in the fandom for a while. It's a big elaborate road that leads to a communication tower where Sabine now lives. That tower is where the titular Rebels sent their first broadcast to try and build hope in the people. So I'm assuming that's why Sabine has decided to stay there. It's very weird to look at, and Lothal is like Tatooine in that it's just mostly inhabited. I guess that's true of Star Wars. They just use planet as a synonym for city. Uh, both those droids are from the anime show as well and are basically exactly like they were in the show. I never thought tr uh, Chopper would translate. Well, I'm st still not sure he does, but hey, at least he's got personality. Side note, the official designation for Chopper is C110P, which is maybe the f most forced name in all of Star Wars. I guess it's not Luke, at least, end quote. Uh, so anyway, just some comments uh, in response to some of the stuff we brought up in our first episode. Also, a lot of people brought up the fact that, hey, Getting hit with a lightsaber doesn't uh, kill you. Uh, a lot of people can survive getting chopped, getting a, a lightsaber through the chest. That's a thing. People, people can get shot in the head and survive. So surely you can get a lightsaber through the chest. Uh, of course, you know, whatever. Like, it's, I, I, I still think it's weird, especially we see Ray Stevenson put a lightsaber through the map this episode and it completely, like, annihilates it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it looks sick. Yeah, imagine what that would do to a liver. Imagine what that would do to someone's <laughs> pancreas. Uh, okay. All right, so episode three, uh, Sindula tries and fails to get re uh, Republic forces sent to Sitos. Ahsoka, Ren, and Huyang go to Rogue, uh, go Rogue and travel to Sitos, where they discover the Eye of Scion, a massive circular hyperspace transport ring. Ahsoka's shuttle takes a direct hit, forcing the group to make an emergency landing on the planet. Skull dispatches Hati and his forces into the woods to hunt them down. In episode four, Ahsoka and Ren try to get the map, but are intercepted by Hati and Maroc. Ahsoka kills Maroc and continues on alone, then engages in a duel with Skull. Uh, Ahsoka is able to retrieve the map, but she tosses it aside after it burns her hand. Skull overpowers uh, Ahsoka and sends her plumbing into the ocean. Skull then verbally manipulates Sabine Ren into handing, it over, handing the map over by promising her that she will see Ezra Bridger again. After Thrawn's location is revealed, Skull destroys the map and boards the Eye of Scion with Hattie and Ren as their prisoner. Syndulla arrives with Republic fighters, but they get owned by the ring going into hyperdrive. Meanwhile, Ahsoka awakens in the world between worlds, where she is seemingly reunited with her former master, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, the world between worlds, by the way, also known as the Vengeance Scatter, a Virgin Scatter, 
was a mystical plane within the force that served as a collection of doors and pathways existing between time and space, linking all moments in time together. Uh, that description and plot summary, by the way, was adapted from the Wikipedia page for this uh, this show, as well as from the Star Wars fandom wiki page. So uh, just FYI, I took those and just kind of modified them a little bit for brevity's sake. Was owned but- in the original text or did it was was not that That was my own that was my own little edition i like it so that's what happens in these two episodes of the show uh i have to say patrick i know i i feel like i'm in the minority on this point but i do think it's ghoulish the way this this series continues to use cg to make younger versions of people i'm not sure Uh, are you in the minority on that (laughs) um i do think what, what often is happening is uh people's emotional response is overriding their like <laughs> psychological response. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I look, I have broadly liked a lot of these shows, you know, I, I've broadly disliked some of the, like Obi-Wan, like I think was a, you know, broadly terrible, but you know, they make a choice. And I think 10 years from now, it is going to be, have seen to be like a really critical error, which was in spoilers for Mandalorian, but like the introduction of, of, uh, of of Luke Skywalker and to not recast that actor yeah. at that moment was one of the, there have been a lot of questionable choices made in this era, this like Disney era of star Wars. That one was one of the most profoundly like disappointing. It was like, you have the perfect moment to, yeah. because you know what? I like Luke Skywalker brought like probably like they're ending the Skywalker saga. I'd still like wouldn't like you want to make a Luke Skywalker TV series like sure like there's a whole era that I'd love to see I don't want to watch like the corpse of Mark Hamill like, <laughs> he's still under- he's still alive but the well the, but, the, but, the, but the reanimated younger version of young it uh, feels Mark like Hamill, they're right? just you know uh but and I I don't want like and you couldn't do that practically you can't do that financially you can't do that and so you now creatively locked yourself away from being able to do some really interesting, like some of the best storytelling that happened in Star Wars between the original trilogy and the prequels was people going wild with like stories of like Han and Luke and Leia. And essentially by saying we can only do this if we spend millions and millions of dollars to make their faces look younger um, is just, it's a really terrible creative decision because I think the audience does not care. I really don't think it would have been a big deal. Uh, I don't like the way they de-aged um Hayden Christensen here like go better call Saul one of the best shows uh of the last decade right and there are flashback scenes where they have like that character being depicted in their early 30s like played by an actor much er much older than that when they like um and it's fine you'll just buy Killian Murphy Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer he's 47 years old we saw we saw a version of Kelly Murphy that's in his like late teens, early twenties, and they just they did it with hair and makeup, guys. Like it right. is, po- it is, and you'll possible. buy it, you'll yeah. buy it, and and so I'm I am one hundred percent. I I am. If we're in the minority, then be in the minority because yeah. I I think it's ghoulish, and I think it's a not only ghoulish and such a horrible precedent for similar sorts of creative decisions, but like I think it's like a poor creative decision. I think it's I think it yeah. is, it, it restricts you from a storytelling perspective to then where every story decision has to be, can we get away with it with the effects budget? And that's, that's bad. Mm -hmm. That's not a good place Mm -hmm. to be. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's to be fair, that's true of Star Wars in general. But you know, fair, I, I, I agree with your point. Obviously, uh, it was also very confusing because this show takes place between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Yeah, um, but the version we see of uh, of Anakin Skywalker is pre um end of revenge of the sith basically right like and i don't think he's de-aged in obi-wan um mm-hmm. i might you, you you tell me i i have not seen obi-wan so <sighs> anyway but whatever the case like he shows up and we'll we don't know for what purpose yet right it'll be interesting to see why but the thing i couldn't help but wonder or notice is that he is de-aged and i hate the way that star wars has chosen to de-age people or reanimate people instead of casting new people um Sometimes, Patrick, it feels like people learn the wrong lessons from things. Uh, so I think that the lesson they learned, quote unquote, from uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, was uh, let's we, we can't recast beloved characters or else the Ugh. movie won't do well. That's that that Kathleen Kennedy has said, like, hey, yeah, I think like recasting is not a good idea. Wrong. Look at Solo. Um, I don't know. There could be like 50 other reasons that explain why that movie <laughs> didn't do as well. Uh, the other thing, you know, uh, Barbie is the number one film of the U.S. domestic box office for 2023. The lesson people learn, not, hey, uh, there's a big audience of people out there that want something that centers women, that tells fresh stories about women. It's, we got to have a Polly Pocket movie, but we got to have an Uno movie, baby. Uh, it's, people want more movies based off of toys. That's the lesson that, that Hollywood has taken. Uh, so sometimes I feel like the wrong lesson is learned. Okay, anyway. Um, Patrick Klepek, on the first episode of our recap podcast, I talked about how the dialogue at in this show moves at a glacial pace. Mm. Uh, I am I I'm sad to say I I must reiterate my point because here <laughs> is here is a clip from the show. Uh oh. Okay, so. Uh, Ahsoka and Sabine are down on the planet and Ahsoka has made the point to Sabine, hey, we can't let the bad guys get the map because if they do, they're going to be able to get Grand Admiral Thrawn. By the way, heir to the Empire. Ooh, hey, they said the name of the thing, the Timothy Zahn book. Woo. Um, uh, But they'll let Grand Admiral Thrawn come back and that's a worst case scenario. So that means we need to destroy the map even if it means that we never see Ezra Bridger again, a character we've never met in this show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've met, obviously, in the, in the animated series, but but everyone just talked about how good Ezra is. Okay. That is a scene of dialogue that happened already, okay? Which is then followed by this clip that I'm about... They, mind you, they have just been talking about this topic, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is then followed by this scene in the ship. Don't worry about me. I'm not. Good. Should I be? What? Worried. Nope. I know how much Ezra means to you. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. You really believe that? 
When the stakes are this high, I have to. That I, I left the clip playing until the end of that scene. By the way, <laughs> I wasn't just I wasn't just inserting silence in there. D- David um, is now watching the show just to find the most excruciating <laughs> clip to play in the podcast recap. Like hey, you got to find your way I into a show. Agree. You know, is it the characters? Is it the choreography? No, it's like can David play a clip and try and trick Patrick into wondering if it's over yet? <laughs> okay, Patrick, you have to agree. First of all, it's like uh, you know, half the time I'm wondering to myself, what is what is the point of it? We literally just th- that scene I just played you was completely unnecessary. Like we, we there there is a moment, a pregnant pause between the two of them when uh, Ahsoka says, "Hey, we might need to kill Ezra. We might need to like destroy the map, and Ezra, you'll never see Ezra again." And there's like this kind of poignant moment between the two, and then it just repeats the exact same points, but much slower. I'm just like. What is going on? You know, we, we would we would never accept this in any other show if it's not a Star Wars show. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Uh I'm I don't want to lose my composure, Patrick. But anyway, uh I, I just I just find myself like wondering, like being baffled by so many of the creative decisions that don't have to do with the action scenes, which overall I think are very, very strong. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like it doesn't bother you though, Patrick, right? No, it doesn't bother me in the moment. It's just one of those things that I but I agree with your observations and criticisms, but I don't find myself uh, losing myself in the moment, like over it. Um, Uh That said, uh I think in that particular clip, there is a moment where like Ahsoka is just like scowling. Like that's part of what the pause is. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, is that what we, again, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I am with you in spirit over the, the criticism, but I think, the other parts of the show are, and, and frankly, like I agree with the observation from the person who wrote in, which is like, I'm really not watching this for Ahsoka. I, I'm watching this for, so this is Sabine to me. Like this, she is the heart of the show. I I really enjoyed the way the they depict a very uh, stereotypical scene of like a character presented with a moral dilemma. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. And at the last second, they do the right thing. And I like in here that she doesn't do the right thing. Um, and well, they, they, it, yeah, that, that was cool. When she hands over the map, like there's a really satisfying thud sound that it makes when like Ray Stevenson takes the the spear and from her. He plays it so like he plays that scene. I, I think like this is an example of one of those shows, and I think this is where like Rosario Dawson's performance is just not working. We're like the underlying script is not the strongest thing in the world and then the people present plus like the choreography of like the fight scenes and the and and the combat scenes are are doing a lot of work to make it um to punch to punch up those basic elements and so um like ray stevenson is doing like tremendous gravitas like to that scene and i think he is so good yeah yeah, he's i mean like his fighting style against ahsoka where like he is just kind of this brute um the way he essentially manipulates Ahsoka into like channeling her anger, which is probably why she ends up losing. Like just like MVP. Like I'm, I'm going to be so sad when inevitably he is like cut down in episode seven of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he wouldn't be able to continue doing the work regardless, but like, like he's, he's really just doing a, an incredible amount here. And I, I just really liked that scene because it went counter to how you'd expect a scene like that to work out. And I like watching a character 
kind of fail. Um, um, and I'm just yeah, yeah. Way, I'm invested in Sabine's arc. Like I don't give a crap about Ezra, but I I do care about Sabine, and that is working enough for me to hopefully give a crap about like Ezra later. And so broadly. I don't think Ahsoka works. I, I I have to imagine my prediction for the show. Uh, is Ahsoka going, the show or Ahsoka the character? The character, the character. Yeah. Um, I think where they're going with the character. What I hope is is like this meeting with Anakin, this like weight of the world, like this this like uh, Mace Windu style character is going to be ditched at some point when she is able to release whatever baggage she has brought to the, to this moment. This like lone warrior. This like doesn't doesn't work with others, even though. Rebels and Clone Wars is a teamwork show by default. And so in some ways it feels like where the show is going is, is, is getting her to that point of that kind of character that we didn't see that arc of in, in the animated show. I don't think it's working. I I think they could have either gotten there faster or just started with someone a little more spry that could still be distrusting. Um, but it does feel like that's where, that's why she's meeting with Anakin is going to be like, Hey, Let's have a let's have a trauma session. Like let's let's talk out our, our feelings. Um, and I hope they arrive with that character in a better place because, like David, could you effing imagine like her like this kind of character anchoring like a film that's supposed to open to like 150 million dollars? Like no, like you she needs to be doing flips and and <laughs> like you get moments like that where like. In the previous episode, like I think where she puts on a, like a goofy ass space spacesuit and is doing lightsaber flips on her ship, it's, it's I haven't seen that before. Does it make a lot of sense? I don't care. Like it looks cool, and and like that was enough for it to work for me. And the show has enough of those moments that uh, I'm 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 watching, and, and Sabine is at least anchoring me to to the next moment so far. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> uh, it, it, so. I agree with you. The moment when Sabine that that's actually a nice moment, like when she decides to go with Ray Stevenson. I experienced zero suspense during it because I knew she was gonna hand him the map because she has to hand him the map for the show to continue. <laughs> <laughs> if she if she destroys the map, it's like okay, I guess we're all going home now. Right? Like, yeah, they have clearly established like there are no more maps, there are no more like this is it. Like even like the main villain is like Boy, I hope I hope we don't lose that map. There's not a plan B. Like she's a witch, and like she's you know resurrecting like night sisters to be yeah. like fighters for her, but she doesn't have a plan B. So you are yeah. right, and that is a rate that is a credit to Ray Stevenson to give that any sort of like feeling in the moment, given that the plot has all been like, yeah, I mean, of course she's going to get on that effing ship. Like she has right. to. I mean, my my favorite things are yeah, like Sabine's arc is okay. I think. Her dialogue with Ahsoka is excruciating to experience, um, but uh, I really like her as an actor. I just think like the direction she's being in is yeah. terrible. Um, Ray Stevenson is amazing. Hati's haircut I, continues to be a source <laughs> of fact because it is so feels so anachronistic, right? It feels like uh-huh. something like someone in uh, like our society today would have, right? Yes. So it's just like it's a weird hair, but I'm just like I, I'm into it, and I love her kind of. Uh, how she basically hates everything. Uh, so big, big fan of that character. So it's not like nothing in the show is working for me, but certainly the central character of Ahsoka is, it, it's just dreadful. It's just dreadful, Patrick. And every time Ahsoka's on screen, I'm like, <laughs> get off I'm screen, not, Ahsoka. I'm not enjoying this at all. Right. And, um, but yeah, there's enough fun things about the show to, uh, to recommend it. 
uh, or to recommend, certainly if you're a Star Wars fan. The thing that uh, that I thought was kind of interesting was I think some I, I don't remember who pointed this, uh, this out at DecodingTV.com and, and other people as well, but like that um, it's possible that what this show is going to do is explain how Palpatine got his fleet of like a gajillion star destroyers uh, at oh, the end of that. I believe that 100. percent That's where we're going, and it's just so like. It feels like the animated show and like some of these live they're just like running around they're they're running around basically the the mainline Star Wars franchise like dropped a bunch of plates you know and <laughs> broke or dropped them. a bunch of dropped a bunch of balls whatever you want to call and then this the if Dave Filoni's just running around trying to like hey there's actually an explanation for why hey there's a reason why Snoke was growing in a vat you know like in and all and he's just trying to like explain all this stuff and it's like um, on the one hand, it's interesting as a storytelling exercise, right? It's like, hey, if somebody makes some ridiculous decision, like, hey, there's a gajillion star destroyers at the force in the Rise of Skywalker that we didn't know about. Um, it's interesting to watch someone run around and try to like explain how that happened, right? And I think this is also true of some of the decisions in the prequels as well, right? Like, um, but I don't think it makes for very compelling storytelling. Like, I don't think it makes for a very compelling series, in my opinion, because so much of the last few years of Star Wars has been about locating maps. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens, got to find a map. Rise of Skywalker, got to find a map. Ahsoka, got to find a map. I-, I don't even know about the other thing. Maybe there was maps in Obi-Wan, too. I don't know. Um, and it just feels like we got to figure out a different way to tell this story. You know, that's that's my opinion of it. Anyway, Patrick, I will let you have the last word on this. Um, and I appreciate you dealing with my Eeyore-like tendencies about Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm saying, like, I'm not hating it. It's I'm, My reaction to it is I am deeply mixed about the show. Well, I mean, um, that's I, I, why I, I thought it was interesting to keep revisiting it, because you're coming at it from a, like, Star Wars indifferent, like, is this yeah. just a good piece of TV? I'm coming at it from, like, I really like Star Wars as a universe, but I'm not up on it in, in right. to the degree that I've watched the animated shows, but I will watch whatever is considered like the mainline live action yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, how is this going to land for me? So I think, I think we're trying to like strike a good balance between like being like deeply critical of it in a way that feels fair without uh, just being mean to it. Like it's, there'd be no worth in just doing a bunch of these if we're both having a miserable time and like not unpacking. So I think it's more about hopefully trying to unpack what isn't working about the show from both of our perspectives um, alongside the, the episode. And of course it helps that I'm enjoying it more than you. So I can (laughs) offer that perspective as well to, to, to the audience, which is, you know, sometimes some of the Marvel stuff, like even secret invasion, like you and I are, we're doing the work. Like what, how can we talk about Samuel Jackson monologuing again yeah. like the part that's yeah. working for me and so i think there's a slightly different dynamic here that i think will uh right hopefully right. satisfy the different camps of people uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i mean what's not what's what's working for me all the action scenes the lightsabers yeah. the, the, dude when uh Maroc, i think is his name Maroc, yeah. whatever you know he has the lightsaber that does the twirly thing i mean oh. super cool super yeah. cool right and like, even the way he explodes into like yeah pixie I mean, dust sure, or whatever sure he dies almost immediately after doing that but still cool cool idea uh but what's what's so all the star wars stuff is working what's not working for me the dialogue ahsoka yeah. herself as a character and the fact that the plot is just in my opinion extremely simplistic so little is happening in the show on an episode by episode basis right now 
Um, and as a result, I find it a little bit unengaging. But yeah, hey. it is. I do like what I am hoping. Uh, I'll, I'll leave this as the last word is uh, that it feels like the stage has been set for like what should be the meat of the season. Um, the like the ensuing. I think there's eight episodes um, of, yeah, of the four, show. Four more episodes, and apparently the next one's a banger. So um, we'll see. Well, yeah. and I, it's, I I saw like a straight tweet that said that like uh, the trailers that had been released for the show ahead of time, like all of that footage was these episodes and we know nothing about mm-hmm. essentially what other than like a stray shot to show like, here's how we're going to depict Thrawn, you know, in live action yeah. um, is there. And so I'm hopeful like that this show like has been doing a lot of table setting and that that table setting will pay off in the next four episodes, both for my sake but especially for David's sake. <laughs> we'll see. Let us know what you thought of this mini-sode at decodingtv at gmail.com. We'll try to do one more of these for episodes five and six, and then maybe we'll just make a full-blown episode for seven and eight. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But thanks for listening. He's Patrick Klepek. Check out his work at Remap Radio and Crossplay.news. I am David Chen. We'll see you next week for our conversation about One Piece. The first three to four episodes we'll be covering. See you then. Bye.